What's up? It's the rule set update episode of Bad Philosophy. I think this is rule set update C. See, this is the third time we've done something like third this. Third time we've done this. So we will get rule set D out of this episode. So we're going to actually start out a little bit differently. We have a few bits of audience feedback that we'd like to... Uh, Y'all have been commenting more than usual. Than typical. <laughs> so I guess we're doing a good job. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or at um, least we're touching buttons that make people want to talk to us. Which is which is always a good thing. Um, so we would like to respond first to uh, Vince Tennant. And uh, I guess if, if we yeah, should I just mean, read the whole comments on here and, yeah. and, uh, and then go for it. Um, so Vince says, hey guys, love the most recent pod about Steven and his signing videos. You have to be called out. So do you think your use of, quote, listen and, quote, hear is inappropriate based on the conversation you just had? Go back and note when listen and hear or their derivatives are used, um, and you are rarely meaning the deciphering of sound waves in our ears. Rather, you are using them in places of understand or something close. For instance, if you apologize about it on your next pod, were you, quote, listening to me? Did you, quote, hear my concerns? No, the idea was communicated through text and mutual concepts. In essence, you were conflating communication with speech and hearing, continuing the disenfranchisement of the deaf community. Hmm. Just a thought about the conceit and power of hearing culture. Would be thrilled to read a response from you. So, Kevin, you replied. Um, yeah, um, I don't remember what I said, but I'll say the same thing just verbally. Yeah. Um, no, I think... I think this is a, an important thing to talk about, and I appreciate Vince for bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is worth noting I actually am talking about it here as opposed to when I replied to him when I might say that I'm talking about it. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but this this opens up a really interesting can of worms yeah. um, in terms of we talk about, and we talked about in our last episode, how, how language is culture. Um, and our language, that is to say the English language, tends to privilege the hearing over the deaf. Right. Um, which we definitely touched on at least. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't necessarily acknowledge it in terms of using like terms like "Do you hear me? Do you understand me?" Mm-hmm. as as interchangeable or um, "Do you see what I'm saying?" Yes, like, which totally privileges the sighted community. Right. Like and and so I think I think this speaks to how how insidious these sorts of things can be. Yes, um, and how deeply ingrained they can be. Um, you know the. The use of Mr. Miss or Mrs. is is one of those things that that is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, if you can't get an Apple ID without picking one of those titles, right? Um, which privileges a lot of different things and and talks about heteronormativity and these structures of of gender that are in play throughout our entire society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I appreciate Vince pointing these out to us, and I think I said as much because um, it needs to be recognized as often as it can and it's not necessarily something like i don't i would like to be aware enough to never use that the term listen again um but in in that way but i don't think it's going to happen right um and and i think being aware of it and understanding the implications of it is an important very important first step um it's also somewhat privileged of me to be able to make that distinction and to make that choice um, One of the the interesting things along this line that uh, the deaf culture has done is use a lot of of um, sight, kind of like doing doing that intentionally, replacing you know I hear you with like I see you, mm-hmm. uh, and instead of the the earth, it's the earth. So you have e y e r t h or sure, stuff like that. Sure. You, you have instead of the the earth, right? Yeah. So so to to sort of to raise awareness of those mm. of how like how those those 
un, unseen or unheard uses of language mm-hmm. um, do shape our, yeah. our thoughts about these issues. So. Similar, similar to, um, uh, although I think some people find it controversial for some reason, you know, the use of the word herstory. Right, um, right. As, as sort of this reawareness situation. Um, and so I, 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 I thank you, Vince, for, for following up and calling us out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I, I, <laughs> you, you bring that up um, one of, in one of the responses to my essay from uh-huh. uh, a fan on Patreon, she gave a very, very long and well-thought-out response about the use of social justice, the use of language in social justice movements, uh-huh. and was very against it, even as a feminist, using the term herstory. Like she felt that crossed like some line. That sure. just, and there, there's like there's a point to where your intentional modification of the linguistic norms becomes pedantic or like uh, impractical, right? Or, or it draws attention to itself in a way that's that's not. That doesn't benefit your movement, mm-hmm. and that's and that's something that is that has long been uh, a point of contention, and right. and I think we got to always fall back on the complexities. You know, this is a complex subject, and one right yeah. answer is not the right answer for everybody. But it's the same. It's the same way I think in certain ways that I've I do my absolute best to call this street here in Austin Guadalupe, right? Um, uh, b- because there's there's in, the, instead of instead of Guadalupe, which is any mm-hmm. Austin native will tell you that's how it's pronounced, and mm-hmm. and it's like well, and I go, but no, that's not how it's pronounced. Well, it is in Austin. It's like, well, it is when you're white, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah. and so it's 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 a little hipster, it's a little ironic to be calling it that. But beyond that, mm-hmm. like this is how you say that word, and and <laughs> it is how it is spoken by the street crossing <laughs> uh, that that is uh, set there for the blind, like yes. when it says, you know, okay to cross to cross Lamar and Guadalupe, like, yeah, or, you yeah. Know, they they say. <laughs> Uh, or 45th in Guadalupe. So so it's like, oh, okay, well, this is clearly what the city, when they looked into this Somebody issue, Somebody made that decided. decision, yeah. And, and so and it's that's, like, it's good. There's, there's a difference between, like, cultural, culture, cultural fun mm-hmm. and then cultural, what's the word I'm, we've been using a lot of? Uh, appreciation. Appreciation is not the right. Appropriation. Appropriation, yeah. Yeah, um, which I think we touched on a lot in, mm-hmm. the, in the last episode. But, yeah, it's it's... So well, thank you, Tricky. Vince, for, yeah, thank you, Vince, for bringing um, that up. And and yeah, certainly, there's some very deeply ingrained. It's like when we when we try to do the um, the linguistic labyrinth, yeah, right? It's <laughs> a little bit like that, um, and, and really, you know, drawing attention to our uses of of the pronouns. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, if we were to do a, a linguistic labyrinth, we might do one on like that, <laughs> right? Of noticing whenever we use, you know, I hear you to mean I understand you, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, that, that could be. A, if we keep that rule in the in the well, following, I've got, I've got both change and remove, yes. so uh... we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so we had another, a couple other comments. Um, one from Squeezy, who is also he's also Plop, I think. He also okay. goes by Squeezy, but he says, uh, "Hey, you didn't kill any people when you did this. Um, I think that you exaggerated uh, in your Patreon post, and I didn't like that idea. Um, you don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be ashamed to like what you did." In I got you know something along this response from many people, and mm-hmm. I saw this a lot with um, the response to Paulantina mm-hmm. and to their mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, hey, like this isn't that serious. Yeah, like, you're not you're not killing anyone, right? This is not super. It's not like you're, and and that that kind of diminishes the 
importance of it as a moral issue. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there are definitely worse things that I could have done, right? There are <laughs> there are always that doesn't, but, but it's it's not it's not a game of who's got it worse, right? That's and um, that is a um oh what is it? It's a type of fallacy. I don't know which kind. It's the slippery slope, yeah, I think, or yeah. something like that, it, or the opposite of that. It's like you know, oh well, this it's it's always you know there's starving kids in Africa, so yeah. why are we worried about you know poor so, people here? Yeah, first world problems. Yeah. Right? Um, um, first world problems are still problems. Yes. Um, so <laughs> because it's, it's a recognition, but I think what he mm-hmm. what he's doing here is he's actually drawing attention to something really important, which is yeah. you know this idea of scope, right? Like mm-hmm. what you know, and and one thing that I encountered, and I think I I talked about this a bit on on a YouTube response is it's really tough to understand the scope of our actions in the networked world now. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like when I when I was creating my sign language videos initially, I had a certain scope in mind. Mm-hmm. Right, like I'm producing these videos for the Jonathan Colton community. Yeah, right. And, or at, at the biggest, that's, at the you biggest, know, you know, right. Otherwise, just your friends and people who randomly stumble upon these things. Sure, yeah. but the the structure of YouTube itself allows this allows for rapid and and huge changes in scope mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. certain other factors so AOL coming in and seeing my videos yeah. and reposting them in a completely different context exploded the scope and and changed a lot of it it it, it took this thing that you know it, it made it to where i couldn't have predicted the the uh, eventual scope mm-hmm. right and if mm-hmm. i were producing my videos with the idea of this could be seen by every single person on the planet, yeah. I may not produce anything at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? But, yeah. but that's that sort of you know when people post on Twitter, their tweets could be put on CNN, uh-huh. and like, which the, is more <laughs> CNN's problem than Twitter's problem. But, but is it right? Like, what is there? Is there some sort? Whose whose onus is it on? Is it on? Is it on the creators to to anticipate? and shape their content for the scopes that they anticipate they will reach or is it on the onus of someone who does a very intentional scope expansion Mm -hmm. to ask whether this is a thing that will be well received and how it will be received in that broader context like those sorts of things it depends it's complex (laughs) Uh, I I don't have answers for that (laughs) Um, I do think CNN reading Facebook posts on the news is not news right um (laughs) But I yell at morning news shows every morning. So yeah, we we play a game in our house where we, if Amy and I are both up at the same time, we'll turn on the morning news, like the Today Show or the other one, <laughs> and see how long I can last. It's just is it a catharsis, or is it? Is I it just self-flagellation. I'm grumpy thing? in the mornings, <laughs> and Amy just turns it on to watch something while she's having breakfast, and I'll if I'm working on my computer or something, and I just <laughs> eventually we just, we just turn it off. Ebola has gotten me a lot of yelling lately. Oh man! Um, not not the fact that we have Ebola in America, but the way it's being but the way it's being reported. Yeah. And, uh, oh, let's not me, let's not derail by yell at the TV. So we have one more comment um, from Wally. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Really got my gears turning. There's a there's a mechanical analogy for understanding that yeah. that doesn't privilege any well robots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> hey, as far as we know, they're not sentient yet. As far as we know, and and fewer of them have gears these days. Yeah, just a lot of servos lot and of circuits. Adrenos. Yep. Um, you guys touch on punching up, sticking it to the man, telling truth to power, that kind of stuff, versus punching down, making fun of those beneath you on the power scale. But it seems to me that that there is some value in punching down. 
pointing out flaws in those lower on the social scale that are actually keeping those people down. Maybe The Onion is a good example of this. They seem to punch down with a fair amount of frequency about as much as they punch up anyway. I'm, I'm, Do they? I'm going to... No, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example of... of and this, this might be super tasteless, and please, Stephen, let me know if it is. Okay. Um, but I think, I think it's an example that, that will benefit what punching down means mm-hmm. in a way that when someone in power does it is not benefiting anybody but seems like it is okay man i'm, I'm not going to use racial insensitive terms here i'm gonna do my best to avoid that okay but man all them native americans sure are silly what with their uh, their irrational belief systems sure is gonna suck when they go to hell we should teach them about jesus um and and I you know I'm trying to do it in like talk show host voice but sure you know I can't make a joke about that because it like literally makes me angry okay um, <laughs> but but that's sort of a thing, like that's that's punching down and it's it's punching down on those the flaws that are often seen are not they're, are they're not, flaws within the context of of the punchers yes right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh you. Sh- you sure would be better if you made more money, you poor people. Right. Why don't you make more money? Um, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you work harder? You yeah. Know? Why don't you, and, why don't you get, go take a bath? You and know? doing that in even within the context of humor, if that's the meaning, if that's the subtext, mm-hmm. you, you're you not benefiting anybody. Right. Um, the One of the things about systematic oppression is it is systematic. Right. Um, you know, telling poor people to work harder doesn't seem to fix problems. Mm-hmm. Um nor does telling a racial minority to just assimilate and get along with everybody. That, yeah, or, that doesn't or, fix things. Or speak our language and speak yeah. it properly. Um, those this, those yeah. things don't don't help break down those structures. Yeah. Whereas punching up typically does, because those structures are controlled by those in power. And there's yeah. lots of types of power. We've talked about there's lots of types of power. Um, it's not just government, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of structural powers that exist. Just ask Karl Marx, right? Um, <laughs> but I think I think that's that's the distinction there. And I I personally can't think of any instance where I know of the Onion punched down. I was like, really, the Onion? And, and, um, uh, yeah. So we we were we were before the show looking at the Onion a little bit, and and uh, it it really does seem like. When it appears that they are punching down, like punching hipsters or whatever, they they are really punching. They're they're looking at the structures at place. They're, yeah, they're making fun of that structure that keeps somebody because the thing is like, like hipsterism is generally still a privileged thing. Yes, right. <laughs> there's a lot of privilege in being a hipster, and know? and there's a lot of. I don't know if, if hipsters do a lot of defensive of themselves as victims or well, anything. Well, they they're but, not hipsters. Come yeah. on, man. They're not a hipster. That's, that's the best way to tell someone's a hipster. They say, I'm not a hipster. Right. No, dude. Yeah. And if they use the word dude, probably not a hipster. Um, or maybe. I don't know. Maybe a, I don't even a know anymore. camouflage hipster. Well, anyway, so so that's that's sort of how we come down on it, Wally. Yeah. But, but thank you for, for bringing that up and letting us flesh out a bit more what the punching up and down stuff mm-hmm. is. Um, for those of y'all who didn't read the show notes on the last show, we, we also I also included a really good discussion about the, the distinctions there from, um, I think his name is Mike McIntosh, uh, Jonathan McIntosh, uh, called Hacking Pop Culture and the Ethics of Appropriation. He goes into a lot of detail on this uh, from experience, and I think he's got it right. Okay, uh, well, let's take a step back here and look at the last three episodes and 
How, yeah. how do how do we do, Kevin? How do we do? Uh, well, there was a sharp left turn in the middle of uh, <laughs> of our arc. Definitely, we, we started have... talking about um, you know privacy and internet culture and well, internet. Yeah. And how things I think we we happen did in the future. Kind of keep a through line of just. Well, yeah. You you draw three points, you can draw a curve between them. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> no matter how radically <laughs> off the last point is. Yeah. <laughs> There exists somewhere a curve yeah, that, that fits. That fits them. Um, a quadratic curve, at least. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just keep, just keep raising the power of the curve. You'll, you'll get there eventually. You'll eventually you'll get w- there. Wiggle around enough, and you'll, you'll um, make it go through everything. So, I mean, the first one we, we started with uh, coffee of the breakfast variety, mm-hmm. which is where we discussed um, how the internet affects history. Um, and memory and things like that. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, how memory is affected by these things that we remember in these artificial memory aids, yep. things like time hop and the like. Um, then we moved on to uh, the right to redacted, mm-hmm. which was about hiding that history and, and sort of removing um, that history. And is it possible to do so? Is it right to do so? Should you be allowed to do so? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had a very, very sharp right turn, but I'm still going to make it fit by discussing some of our own internet history. Yeah. Um, and sort of these sorts of things, which I think I think actually does come into play, sort of dealing with the question of, you know, okay, we've had this revelation yeah. um, about these videos. And, and you, and I think I'm okay with the decision, decided to leave these videos up, but mm. put, you know, disclaimers on them and, and, and adding to them and, 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 link, yeah. and say, hey, this is... This is a bit of a problem. Here's why. Sure. Go look at these things. Go do this instead. Uh, spend your time elsewhere as sort of a redirect, mm-hmm. um, which is something we didn't really talk about was redirecting history. Yeah. Um, and, and changing and, well, it over and, time. Yeah, leave, leaving the signposts there, but like twisting them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, I made them all fit. <laughs> awesome. Because it's um, in, in a, a weird, I mean, a follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I, I see the through line now. This this idea of the internet's interaction with the you know the, the creation and the remembering and, and all of that mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and uh, it boy it just ties in with with a lot of what I've been reading and listening to lately on this. What a lot of sci-fi writer, writers are encountering is this uh, increasing atemporality mm-hmm. in yeah, as a result of network culture. If you look at um, James Bridle, who's who's done a lot with the new aesthetic and talking about like how do how do systems see the world and and trying to to figure out that what that perspective looks like. Uh-huh. Um, William Gibson, you know, is frame he's uh, setting his re- most recent sci-fi series, or he did set it. Like ten years in the past. Um, are you, is this the uh, the the Blue Ant trilogy, or is I think this so, post yeah. that? Okay, so like Spook um, Country, but and... uh, Pinchon as well is is doing this. Yeah. It's like it, it's starting to become like a thing for sci-fi writers to write about the present or the recent past mm-hmm. as sci-fi, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know introduce um, James Bridle. Bridle talked about him in introducing like in very intentional anachronisms into uh-huh. there that that almost wouldn't even be noticeable hmm. because of the perception we have of the past is very distorted by the ways that we remember it now sure and how something something can be so um with such fidelity can come and meet us from seven or ten or even 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and spark a brand new discussion along that like things can sort of be left behind and then resumed uh or can be you know gone back to and it's just like this this weird non-linearity of narrative that we're beginning to enter as mm-hmm. as the traditional means of like regulating 
progress and signifying progress start to break down yeah. uh, in our culture. So a lot of this, uh, a lot of these three episodes really ties in well with with mm-hmm. some contemporary thinking on this, mm-hmm. on this subject. So, so where where do we? So we feel pretty good. I mean, I think we we did have a really good arc with that last three. I think to what extent did our intentionally rules... or otherwise? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like to what extent did our rules help or um, hurt that? It's interesting <laughs> um, because I mean, you're looking at looking at the current set of rules. Um, you know, hour length, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen hosting, the Stingers, those sorts of things, which are which are, what I might say, thematic. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, every bad philosophy feels roughly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to a variety of different podcasts recently, and each one tries to tries to create its own voice. And I think, arguably, we've created a voice within this show in the past 150 something episodes. Okay. Um, and and these sort of rules things are are parts of that. Right. And so we change the voice a little bit as we go. Um, I I will point out I'm pretty sure we totally forgot the uh, linguistic labyrinth um, on episode the, the third episode of this trio. No, we t- we did it. We did it. I think I think we did it. Did it? Did we? I don't remember doing it. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I, I had a couple beers in the first I ten think, minutes of that episode. I think we did it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we did it in there. I, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, if we did it, good. Um, I don't listen to our episodes. If anything, so. if anything, like, I feel like we 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 got what we needed to out of the linguistic labyrinth. Like we got, uh, like we said, like we got we got the awareness of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. use of language and unconscious use of certainly conventions, um, and, which I think is important. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> part of this whole self-reflexive thing is being self-reflexive and, right. and um, so I think that definitely helped in that respect mm-hmm. um, we uh, yeah we didn't need to do the epigraphs um, yeah because we removed that from the last set we we totally didn't do guess on any no, of them not a single one <laughs> uh, not not a single guest yeah um, nope uh, <laughs> so point, point we did choose topics the... before each episode um, which was nice. Yeah, pretty much. Um, posto music and banter and stinger, all those things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, in fact, edit our episodes for time and content. Yep. Um, so those are all good things. Um, so what what should we? Uh, well, let's let's go over what what we can do. Uh, it is technically the audience's turn to change a rule. Mm-hmm. But since we didn't plan in advance, and that's totally on me, yeah. And invite, well, maybe Responses. we can we can leave that. We can leave that to the audience, maybe to to do for the next time. Or well, like, we're going to record an episode after this, right? Well, <laughs> uh, what I will say is like, it'll we'll basically keep the same. I don't know. We'll keep the same conventions for next time. Okay. Um, Although if you've got suggestions, please send them in. Yeah, sure. Like maybe if you if you disagree with the change that Kevin chooses for you, because I I have I have given him the <laughs> the authority to make a rule change on behalf of you, our audience. Um, if you disagree with that, mm-hmm. certainly comment, email us. We're we're trying out a, a new way of keeping track of the rule changes, which is using a, a GitHub repository. Uh, that is thanks to a listener whose name I completely don't you, you have mentioned it in before, front of me which right is good. Now. <laughs> so at least you're not completely terrible people, right? Um, mostly terrible. People. I totally don't even know how to find that now. So, anyways, maybe thank on a, you. Maybe on an old uh, rules update comment. 
Sure. Well, That's, thank you. I think where it was. Thank you to our listener. No, it was an email to me. Oh, okay. Th- thank you to our listener who suggested that. But we we've created a GitHub repository, which for those of y'all who don't know, GitHub is a way of tracking uh, how computer code, it, allowing it to be changed by multiple people in a very systematic and well recorded fashion. But it also works for any text whatsoever. And he provided the example from his class where they the professor provided the syllabus at the beginning mm-hmm. and said, this is in a GitHub repository. If you have any changes you would like to make to it, submit a request for those changes to be yeah. merged into this syllabus. So it was a way for the students to kind of take back a little bit of control over the class <laughs> yeah. to one extent or another. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna experiment with this as a way of of tracking everything and making that public and keeping it in a uh, an accessible form. But feel free to send things to other people too. Yes, and other other methodologies. We have lots of ways of being in contacted. Yep, Facebook, email, etc. This rule set doesn't have any tags on it. No, that's weird. I didn't. I don't tag the rule sets. Well, that makes them harder to find. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, categorized though. Uh, nope. It shouldn't know. Well, it's, the first one is categorized in announcements, but if I go into announcements, uh-huh. uh, there are no other rule set updates. Oh, okay. I need to change that. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Because I think I created a category for the rule set updates after the first one. And then subsequently, <laughs> they were, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, they're now in rule set update, but uh, yeah. rule set update only has rule set update B. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll change that. Yeah. While Kevin comes up with which rule he would like to remove and change. Think uh, it over. I've been thinking it, and I've, I've got, like, removal is, I think, the trickiest one. Hmm. Um, the guest requirement? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, I think that that might be the option, although I'm actually working on getting us a guest in the near future. Okay. Um, uh, Bald Solo from the Bald Solo podcast. Oh, that would um, be great. Would love to be a part of one of our episodes, and we'd probably do a trade. So uh, he comes on and does an episode of Bad Philosophy, and we go do an episode of Bald Solo. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so <laughs> have we ever? I don't think we've ever. Collabed. We've never had a crossover. No. Crossover. We've always brought in external guests. Um, but I love that idea. Of, oh man. Um, you know. What do we sound like on somebody else's podcast? <laughs> right. What? Participating in a, in a community? What is this? Um, yeah. However, I think I am going to remove the uh, the guest uh, rule. Okay. I'm, I'm going to cut that one. Um, just because I think, you know, we've talked about our voice, and I think that's one of those things that is not required for our voice. Um, okay. Or I would like, I mean, yeah. That and I want to stop breaking rules. All right. Um, yep. So that's going to be that's going to be my uh, removal. Okay. Um, on the audience's behalf, I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to make a change, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know how this is going to work, um, but I think I'm going to make your life a little bit easier, Stephen. Yeah. We do not edit episodes for time and content. What? Um. So I don't know if I can stop myself from doing it anyway. <laughs> starting from the next episode and for the next three episodes, um, we are going. I would like to set a timer for mm-hmm. one hour, hit go, start recording, and hit end. Oh, um, and when whatever the timer, happens yeah, in between, yeah, that's it. Um, okay, because that that also ties into our episodes are roughly an hour long. But oh, that's I'm, good. I'm intrigued by what we can do. Like, a, part of this is doing constraints. And yeah. so we, we, we're going to create an hour of audio content one way or another. 
<laughs> um, and we will still have things like the post show song and the stinger, and those are going to be built into the episode. Yeah. Um, post show banter might not exist in such the same way. Uh, we could th- theoretically still record our talking after that hour time frame and, and edit that in because that's not yeah. technically part of the episode. Yeah, we're not. I, I agree. I've it's, always said like you know the main content ends at about an hour, and then we have. Yeah, very we sit and chat and stuff afterwards. So I'm I'm comfortable with that. So you're not gonna, you're still gonna have to edit some things. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll get to hear how many times I actually say um, audience. (laughs) (laughs) Though the truth be told, I haven't been editing out your ums for a while. So (laughs) I've been easing people into that. Yeah, Um, for years. Yeah. So changed uh, editing time and content requirement, and it's technically up to me to add a rule Mm -hmm. uh, which I have not given any thought to (laughs) so how about this Uh, so we still we still have let's let's review we still have the linguistic labyrinth yes I I have enjoyed the linguistic labyrinth and so I chose not to remove it yep let's add the rule Mm. okay so removing that so if we do pick a topic for before each episode, mm-hmm. um, we've tried before. I, I keep going to like having content prepared, right? Okay. <laughs> we tried the epi- epigrams <laughs> yeah. method. That didn't work terribly not, well. Not super well, no. Um, yeah, let's see. So uh, let me, I'll show that that was removed. Um, yeah, we tried the epigrams thing. That didn't work terribly well. But maybe like th- just three relevant... Um, articles or, or sources. Okay, so we pick before, a topic and, and create three relevant. Yeah, and which we sources. kind of did in our in our sh- like show prep document. Yeah, we had yeah. Some, some pre-reading, but I don't recall you ever submitting much. Eh, to that. I did usually like hours beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and let, let's try that again. Like like three three relevant bits of prep content. Okay. Um, whoever whoever picks the topic obviously should provide those, but maybe the other person finds some related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we definitely read those articles beforehand, okay. so that we kind of have, <laughs> have source material. So, sure, how to, sure. How to do your homework. Um, <laughs> so, before each episode, after a topic is chosen, uh, each host must provide at least three uh, articles relevant to the topic. Mm-hmm. And all hosts and guests have to read them first. Must read them <laughs> prior to the episode. Yeah. Okay. I already have prior to the episode. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this is yeah. That's added by Stephen. Okay. Cool. Um, Stephen. So we're gonna break that rule pretty quick. Article requirement. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we are going to record an episode in like ten minutes. We so. are, so maybe, uh, maybe that's not the best thing to do for this one. Uh, exempting the first of the three. <laughs> we still haven't. We still haven't come up with any punishment for totally ruining our rule sets. So uh, is that is that maybe not a not a great rule add? That's just uh, the first thing that came to mind. Maybe you should add some punishment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of of what would be what would be funny punishments. <laughs> Open to ideas. Open to ideas. Um. <laughs> We have to post something to our Twitter feed. <laughs> to our personal Twitter feed. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's dangerous. Yeah. Uh. 
something something like from pop culture that's a complete non sequitur. Like like we must write oh, like three three hundred words. If we if we fail, <laughs> yeah, we each get to choose a song lyric to post on the other's Twitter account. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right, I like it. Um, I will I will accept that that nomination. <laughs> so okay, let's see how to phrase this. Uh, if any of these rules are not met <laughs> which um i'd be happy to the guest one off <laughs> then uh each each host uh each host and guest yeah yeah okay because well, is it on the guest if they i don't, break I don't the, think we should go to the guest so each, I think... each host uh must is is uh let's see each host may choose one song lyric that the other must post on their personal Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's an appropriate amount of um, within a day of the episode. <laughs> yeah, episode going live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the hashtag, uh, B fail. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's acceptable. Yeah. Which let's see if that's already a thing. I hope not. It's always important to to Google your hashtags before you use yeah. them. I am wearing a hashtag T-shirt. Yeah, hashtag hashtag. Um, oh, so wow! Apparently, my entire flight is boarding in Group A. B fail. I don't. Know. <laughs> it kind of worked like boarding Group B fail. Ah, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I get it. Um, and then lots of tweets in Spanish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's B fail because probably someone got a B grade. Oh, it's a yeah. college reference. Sometimes I forget I'm in college. B fail. I don't know. These these tweets are from like a year ago. Yeah. And in other languages. Okay, I think we're good. Okay, we're, we're gonna be we're okay using good. B fail. Yeah. B fail with the hashtag B fail. <clears throat> All right, Stephen adds punishment clause. All right, so we now have rule set D. To recap, we removed the rule that we must have at least one guest every episode. It was removed by Kevin. Yep. On behalf of the audience, Kevin changed the rule for editing time and content. The audience may hate me for that. If so, just let me know. <laughs> yes, you, you can uh, veto that audience if you want and, uh, and see, suggest submit a pull request using our repository for a, a different change to that rule. And... Uh, on on behalf of of uh, Stephen Kevin added, <laughs> so really really Kevin did all the changes for this. <laughs> uh, by by way of suggestion, Kevin added the punishment clause that if any of our rules are not met, each host may choose one song lyric that the other must post on their personal Twitter account within a day of the episode going live using the hashtag #bfail. Okay, Rule Set D will be posted on our website. Uh, if y'all have any additional questions or comments about this, uh, respond at badphilosophy.com. We're on Twitter at badphilosophy, and you can find us where all better podcasts are posted and aggregated and all of that good stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Rule Set Update of Bad Philosophy. Also the next episode of Bad Philosophy. Yeah, well. Also, we won't see you because we stopped doing video episodes. Right, we will... We will we'll talk near you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> talk near your ears. Talk into your ears. <laughs>